Welcome to the Tone Jerks Podcast. Uh, I am your host, Brian Gower, and with me today is... Kyle McIntyre. And we have a very, very special guest in the house. Long time coming. Uh, I'm Steve from 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar podcast. There you go. Oh, my God. So is it are... a long time coming? Just since, like, was November. it before NAM? Yeah, it was like <laughs> October. I kept putting November. it on by, like, Brian! I'm going to come, I promise. I swear, I swear. It's going to happen, bro. It's going to happen. It's just like, it's not a good time for me. <laughs> it's not keep, you, it's me. It kept ghosting me, bro. <laughs> it's not like we ever set a date. No, we didn't. But, you know. Uh, we are here now, so uh, hopefully you guys have listened to the 60 Cycle Hum episode that came out yesterday, and you'll listen to this one, too. It's a little different uh, little different feel on the Tone Jerks here. So, yeah. You know, let, I'm looking let, forward to let, it. Let your hair down. You know, have some <laughs> bruchachos. Hopefully you guys are joining us for some bruchachos. I had a, had a few bruchachos already. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> let's probably uh, lay off the bruchachos, let's, uh, no, but I won't. Yeah. <laughs> you All can't right. stop me. Can't tell me. I'm like right. Miley Cyrus, can't stop, won't stop. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to the what's new. Uh, Kyle, what's new in your world? What's shaking? What is grooving? I uh, went out on a limb and I got a DOD uh, gunslinger, so the MOSFET distortion pedal, mm-hmm. and got for like 30 bucks, free ship. <laughs> yeah, you and everybody else I know. got on that sale. <laughs> I know. I could have got it locally, but I, I, you know, I don't want to leave my house. <laughs> so I bought it from New Jersey and waited. But but uh, yeah, it's Wait, actually, where do you where do you guys buy gear from now in San Diego? Uh, I think Pitbull's running that same thing down in yeah. Ch- I got mine from Pitbull. Okay, um, I don't don't really get a lot of stuff local. I, guess. I, I try and go to Moe's when I can. Yeah, and get like they actually have great used gear there. Like they have like the whole like, Orange. like whoa yeah yeah. It's like I didn't. That's how I got my eighty fifteen, which is a pretty hard to find amplifier. Fifteen watts, UK made, twelve inch speaker. It's like whoa. You know, that was there randomly at Moe's. You're like, okay, what the hell is this? I found some diodes. Yeah, don't lose those. <laughs> Put those in your in your Zaw there. Those are 34 1As. <laughs> All right, so uh, how do you like on that pedal? It's good, actually. I really you like actually it. actually really do I, love it. I like my modded uh, SD1, I think, a little better. It has, like, better, it's, like, more clear. Hmm. The, they're kind of different. They're, like, they're, a, they're but they're both, I mean, I've modded it to be MOSFET. So I'm going off of the MOSFET distortion. So it says MOSFET okay. distortion. Or overdrive. I was gonna say because versus... the SD one, like, does it have the same amount of gain as the Gunslinger? Because that thing has a ton of gain on top. Yeah, the, the Gunslinger, a, I don't think does. It has it, a lot of volume output. Yeah. It has a tons of output on the SD one with the the mod that you did. Yeah, it is like. But I'm saying in terms of like grit, like, does it get as dirty as the Gunslinger? I haven't done a head to head on them. No, okay. it it doesn't. The Gunslinger. I probably should. Um, no, I, I tried it because Kyle, he's like, no, you got to try this pedal. Got to try this pedal. Just do it, bro. Just do it, bro. And so I tried it. It's actually, it's really good. My, uh, one thing about it is like the unity volume is at like, you have to be at like one o'clock. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's kind of so strange. I'm like, it's completely like, why is it so unusable? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. as I guess, not, a, lot you, whole, not I, a whole lot of headroom. Been, well, so that was the thing. Cause you, you know, you've been doing the whole DS1 thing for a while. And yeah. That, that was always like my issue with the stock DS1. Is Unity was like, oh, it didn't exist. Like you turn that thing all the way up, mm-hmm. but there was so much scooping on like other frequencies that yeah. that Unity basically didn't exist. Mm-hmm. So like when I was doing, I was doing Keeley style DS1 mods. I did two or three of them in, in my house. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and that was the biggest improvement was like, oh, I can put the volume at 12 o'clock. Yeah. 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 More head. And room. it works. <laughs> yeah. And then you can actually have room to go. Like further, yeah. But so yeah, that's my new. That's yeah, my it's, new it's, thing. it's it's a good buy. So that was your uh, 
stoked to get that one. Yeah, I'm everyone's got yet. one. I've like every podcast I've ever listened to. They're like, oh, I got a gunslinger. I'm like, yeah. I was, I was just like scrolling through you know, reverb. I'm like, okay. 30, thirty bucks, man. Yeah. Like thirty hey, bucks can't beat that. It's a it's a no risk purchase. Exactly. Yeah. I always feel bad like saying like you know on on my show like we talk about because we talk about gear a lot and use gear, but like when stuff comes on sale, I'm like. Oh yeah, hundred bucks for this guitar, like no risk, and like somewhere there, it's out there. Like some guys, like hundred bucks, hundred bucks, man. <laughs> like, like what? Like what pipe dream are you living in? It's like, it's oh, I'm, living, like... I'm living in the pipe dream where I have a credit card. Yeah, it's also like and... what your commitment to it is. I'm like, okay, hundred bucks for a guitar for me is like, I, I, yeah, I wouldn't want to use that on stage or in the band because <laughs> I know it's not gonna, it's not gonna work. Yeah, but it might be some fun yeah, like in the studio yeah. or something where some, you know you just need something eight, weird. Like drive pedals together. Yeah, and that's just go. one of them. <laughs> All right, uh, Steve, uh, what's new in your world? Anything? Uh, Man, I don't crazy know. Good? Um, not not gear wise. Not doesn't have to be. Wise. I'm kind of a. It could be I'm anything. Like kind of a boring person. My office just moved. That's exciting. Yeah. Where are you <laughs> um, moving to? Same building. We're moving. Just... We're moving from uh, Sereno, one side of Sereno Valley to the other. There you go. Cool. Um, and new I building, guess like old building, new building. We got a brand new building. Nice. Uh, the rest of the company is staying behind, just like my department and another department are moving. Yeah. Cool. And like, there's a little like, there's a little jelly going on. <laughs> oh, Wait. So, it. so you you had you had uh, your office that was right next to Rough Draft. Right. So, are you next to another brewery? Over no, in? we're not. Um, oh, we're kind of like we're, we're maybe like a mile <laughs> or like mile or so away from the Carl Strauss restaurant. Oh yeah, that one's cool. Um, but it's not as cool. Like literally, like rough draft was is in the same cul-de-sac. <laughs> oh, so you're as, like right there. That's yeah. my office. So I'm a, I'm kind of sad about that. Like because that was the deal. We're like, dude, it's been a rough day. It's three thirty. I'm just gonna go. Get I'm gonna get a rough beer draft. right now. <laughs> what uh you you brought uh some party favors for us? What did you yeah. what did you bring? Uh, this is the hazy. It's called hazy weekend. There you go. Uh, so they have their session IPA. It's called Weekday. They mm-hmm. have a grapefruit weekday. It's like a four eight, and it's you know you go in there. You have two of them in the middle of the day, and you're good to go. The weekend is a bit stronger. It's a six eight hazy IPA. So not yeah. only is it that's more well, of my zone. Not not only is it stronger, but because it's hazy, hazy stuff tends to be dank AF. So, yeah, like uh, a mondo dank. <laughs> I poured that in my glass earlier, and like as soon as it hit, I was like smelling that like pineapple yeah. whatever stuff like that extra that extra dank like fruity <laughs> smell from ipas oh yeah i did forget to ask the guy when i went like just give me the dankest <laughs> give me the dankest memes i mean <laughs> but i already knew what it was i already knew this is the dankest beer they have because I'm, I'm there too often yeah no i mean hazy ipas are a big thing like it's like Within the last few months here in San Diego. Yeah, and so, so I am you not, know about hazy, uh, do you know the history on that? I just know that uh, my buddy, he's like, you know, he's like, oh, hazy IPAs are cheaper and faster to make. So it's like, because they don't have to filter them as yeah, much. Yeah. And so like, that's become a thing that but people it, but like. It, so, so that's a New England thing. Oh, really? Like that's how they brew IPAs like up in like Maine and, and whatever. Um, and I don't know who kind of like started it all on the West Coast. Okay. But it kind of just migrated over. But on the West Coast, it's like, all right, we're going to make IPAs like kind of the same way, but then we're going to skip that last filtering <laughs> yeah. step and save some money. It saves yeah. some time. And people like it. I do like it. So no, it's, no, like, it's, a, it's a, a trend I dig. I can Yeah, dig they're it. super juicy and they're not, they still have like a strong bitter, but because they're so juicy, like the bitterness isn't as overwhelming. Like Stone IPA, I can't drink it. Like Stone IPA just like, 
tastes like chomping down on a pine cone to me. <laughs> yeah. I can't do it. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'll drink them in a bind. You know, they have some I other mean, I'll drink IPAs that are good. I mean, no, yeah. I like that, their, their standard. Stuff. Yeah. I've had like their uh, delicious. Had delicious is great. Um, I Ripa. really. Uh, the Ripper. Yeah. I've had that one. Um, I actually really love. Um, uh, Ruination, yeah. the double IPA. Oh, Jane. yeah, that one's. Uh, but that's because I'm a sadist who, or a masochist who drinks like double IPAs, like I it's like, going out of style. I like the uh, enjoy buys. Those are always a jam. For I me. haven't had one yet. Oh, they, they, you know, they're always always a good jam. Like they come out with like every like couple months, they come out with a different enjoy yeah. buy this, enjoy buy what. Yeah, I'm, I'm really sad I didn't get the enjoy buy 420. Yeah, I did. I got that one. It says. Uh, what deliciously dank? Yeah, that's the, yeah. <laughs> that's the one I got yeah, at Costco. <laughs> yeah, those are those are a good jam. All right, uh, what do you got, new Brian? Oh, Brian, I'm woke. <laughs> well, thanks, Steve. Um, well, it's a kind of a new what's new with me, but uh, Kyle he helped me get this going. So I had I saw this on Craigslist. It was a Sessa smoking deal for a an orange eighty thirty single channel head. With a four by twelve cab up in Whoa. LA for a thousand dollars. Whoa! And so I saw it up in LA, and I was like, "Okay." I hit up Kyle. I'm like, "Okay, we're we're doing a road First trip." You're like, "Yo, dude, we're doing a, this dink deal. We're doing a road trip, <laughs> a road trip, <laughs> a road trip up to LA, bro down." Yeah, so we went up on Sunday up to uh, Future Music in LA, and um, it's a really cool little music store. It's actually like, it's like completely there's crap. Excellent stuff. Crap. Ex- like right. there's everything like there. Mix, yeah. Like a bunch of like, you know, you know, say like as far as pedals goes, there's like uh some like Japanese like boss pedals there. And then the, uh-huh. like, you know, there's like your your normal like, you know, C E two, I don't think it was made in the seventies. No, it wasn't. It was like uh eighties. Early eighties. Yeah. But uh, I'm sorry. Um, oh, is that a reference to an earlier podcast we did? That Kyle said like, something. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Kyle said something Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle said something stupid. I know. I but, was. I think I was listening to it. Was it today? Oh, it might okay. Have been today. <laughs> just calling his ass out. Well, actually, is that dro- why you it, brought it dro- me here today, it dro- Steve? It dropped today. Like, <laughs> brought me to my garage. <laughs> you, you, hey, 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 hey! You guys need to like just in- appreciate the fact that like when you're when a new episode of the Tone Jerks drops, like people are. It depends. Call it. it depends. When you guys have guests on, I'm always kind of fifty fifty. Really? Yeah. I I don't know. Like I'm not a big fan of like guests on any show. Okay. Yeah. Uh, just because, but I really like, I really enjoy your, your, just the two of you. Well, thank the you. Content. So just that's the always, two of us. Right? Yeah. You can make it if, if you, you try. try. <laughs> um, that's not, you that's not, I. that's not a knock on any of your other guests. I just like, it's, it becomes like less of things. Cause like, I don't know who this guy is. Yeah. But I've, I think I have listened to, um, I think I've listened to every, every single one of your episodes. Really? Well, thank you. Which is more than I can say for, any of the other podcasts who have like said like, Oh yeah, we were inspired by you guys or whatever. Like yeah, there are was, definitely shows where I'm like, mm, yeah, but like I'm bored right now. And I guess I, we'll get, I'm going to listen to Freakonomics. I guess we'll get more into that, but I'm like, it was actually a really big surprise that you started listening to us early on when we first started. We're like, Oh shit. Steve was actually like, and we're like yeah, three show. episodes in and you're like, Oh, yeah, no, it was like, oh, yeah, when Kyle, Kyle shit his pants. Yeah, yeah. it was great. That was <laughs> that's, that's great. Keep it coming, bro. <laughs> yeah. So, All right. Tell me more. <laughs> tell me more. How did tell it feel, me more. bro? But, uh, <laughs> how wet was it? Well, uh, <laughs> it was, it was like pudding. <laughs> I thought it was like chili. <laughs> it was like 
pudding, pudding and chili. <laughs> it's like a bunch of blended Hormel. together. Just like throwing in there. Anyways, let me finish my thing. So eighty thirty. <laughs> oh, super, su- super stoked. Oh god damn it! I'm trying to bring it about gear, and then we'll talk about shit later. I heard. I heard when you guys talk about gear, no one. People want to just hear you talking about random shit. <laughs> talk yeah. about crap and anime, <laughs> and then you're good to go. But it was like a thing. Apparently, it was owned by the guy from the distillers. Okay. For a thousand bucks. I was like, okay, it's cool. It's a. That beat. makes sense because you're up in the city of angels. Yeah. <laughs> in the city. <laughs> but uh, it's like beat ass cab. Looks mm-hmm. great. Like, I love it. It's right there. Actually, you're that is that right stuff. There. Okay. Yeah. And then I had an 8030 head. I'm like, okay, I'm just like, I cannot, I'd be stupid to pass this deal up. So I was Where's like, the head? Uh, it's at the studio. So I'm okay. actually uh, running that with my JCM 900 for a. Stereo you always rig. say in the studio, but is it actually studio? It's actually a studio. It's a yeah. It's a, we have a we rent a rehearsal space. Rehearsal space, whatever. Rehearsal studio with mm-hmm. like a billion other bands. <laughs> okay. It's like we just kind of leave our gear there. Where's that at? It's over. Uh, we're not going to tell you the address, but if you want to steal our stuff, but like what part of town is that in? Oh, uh, Grantville. Yeah. Okay, because like the only rehearsal spaces I know of are are uh, Miramar Road, Miramar, or um, where San Diego Drum used to be. Yeah, which is where Co did his one day, one yeah. day in San Diego. Which I saw you there. And yeah. I was like, I know that guy, and we we kind of like. I think I was like, we kind of like went near this on on the sixty cycle hum episode. Is like when you came in, I was like, I know that guy from somewhere, but I don't know where. Yeah, I was like, okay, I'm like. These are giant human beings. Who are they? Well, <laughs> no, we're just tall. <laughs> They're gigantic. They might be giants. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so that's my what's new. Nobody cares about that. It's gear. Oh, I love cool. it. It was I, a I'm, good trip too. I, and we, you know, we we were, I, I, we threw it in the Vic. That actually, the that thing fits in the trunk of my. That's yeah, freaking crazy. The Crown Vic. If you're gonna buy a vehicle, I talk shit about it. It's yeah. This is no, no, no. so good. Crown it's, Vic is like. So I keep telling my wife like when when the Corolla blows out like. I'm buying a freaking cop car. You like you're pouring sugar down the gas tank and a, a potato I'm not pipe. trying. I'm broke, dude. <laughs> it's really cool. Like, and we're taking that shit up to uh, one Tracy. Day. Yeah, one yeah. day we're gonna fucking just swerve up in that thing. By the oh, time this episode stoked. drops, you've already been to Tracy. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. we were. It was great. Wasted. By the way, one day was awesome. <laughs> okay, so let's uh, get into it, Steve. I'm gonna try and drive this. It's like I got a little bit of an Good interview luck. for you, yeah. and then All we're right. gonna get into some topics. It's like herding cats yeah. over here. <laughs> over here. Why do I have two beers <sighs> and neither one of them is empty? Because you're at the, you're in the tone jerks. You're in the jerk lounge right now. <laughs> That's what we do over here. Jerk Central Station. My hand is not down my pants. No, oh, hey, you know. N- neither's mine. <laughs> it's down yours. <laughs> We take care That's of our guests here. We take care avoid. of our guests here. Okay, so uh, let's get back into it. Uh, the the beginning. What got you into music? What was the catalyst for you? Um. So, I my first guitar, I got from my grandmother when I was twelve. I still have it. It's a harmony, uh, harmony archtone. Mm-hmm. Um. I tried to date it. I think it dates to like nineteen fifty five. So wouldn't cool. return your calls or something. Um. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, hey, and like I swiped right. But the and guitar swiped left. And you're like, what's up, the, girl? Yeah. Um, but uh, so I got that and the action's like super high. And to this day, like, I do not understand how my, because I've seen my, I I saw my grandmother play this guitar and I have no idea how she played because the action is ridiculous. And and so. Does it not um, have a truss rod or anything? Or I don't think so. It has a steel reinforced neck. Oh, okay. Uh, I do not believe it has a truss rod. Um, I've been meaning to try to get it down to. Um, uh, Sean Hutchinson, who's down at Pitbull Audio, yeah. uh, just get a look at it, just to see what might be possible to do with it. I know on their website, Top Gear 
has a similar guitar that they did a full restoration on. Yeah. But the reality is, is it's a guitar that's maybe like worth 150 bucks, but it's like a family piece. So yeah, I mean, I'm it's like, a, I don't know what I would really be willing to invest to get it like playing again. And I don't know how close I could get it. Yeah. Point being like, she was this little old lady playing like, playing like country Western stuff. So she's really only playing like, you know, G, D, Cowboy chords, A minor, yeah. A7, D7, B7, whatever, E minor. Yeah. Um, she must have strong. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's like, I just don't understand it because like, even now, like every time I, I have that guitar turned, tuned down to like D and it's still like, I can't play it <laughs> above the fifth fret. Dang. So like, even with like a super slack, mm-hmm. like tuning going on, I, I can barely play that thing, but it sounds really like, it sounds like the old blues records of just like this, like kind of like daddy, weird, like woody, like super, like it sounds like somebody just put strings on a log and started playing. Like it's very, <laughs> it's it's like very wood sounding. Yeah. Um. So I got that. I took some guitar lessons at the Parks and Rec for like a summer and I quit. Mm-hmm. Quitter. And uh, part of that was me, I guess, because perseverance or whatever. Part of it was because, like, because you were a kid. They get yeah, I was a kid, and we had like these music charts, and like the one song I could play was like the mel- the simplified melody to yesterday, and he wanted us to learn like how to read music and all this stuff because he was a classical player. Yeah, and I was just like, I just want to play some tunes, man. I just want to rock. rock. <laughs> I want to rock. So, uh, so dumb. We both fast forward it. a couple of years. Um, I'm at church camp when yeah. I was like 14 and, uh, the guy who's doing music, he's just playing guitar. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. Like he's playing guitar and like, he's just playing like some chords and like, I know all these songs. Like, yeah. I really like these songs. And, uh, so I got, I picked up the guitar again and, and you know, being a couple years older and like actually like having some hair on my balls and whatever. Yeah. You're like, like I could I actually had enough strength to like muscle this guitar. Yeah, and you're maybe had a little bit more, uh, of an idea of where you wanted to go. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and, and at that point I was like, Oh, like chords, like that's a thing. And it was like, you know, 99, 98, 99. So I could just go get, uh, music on, uh, like chord charts and whatever on the internet, because that was a thing as rudimentary as it was in yeah. 1998. Um, 98 98 what were you guys doing in 98 i was 10 (laughs) all right you really go with math brian (laughs) i was 10 that was really fast (laughs) i was 10 Um, i'm smart everybody i'm not as dumb as everybody you're just not approaching 30 you're turning 30 yep um dirty 30 so so uh so that got me really into it and that kind of like launched for me, like everything. So the thing is, is I w- I came back and I I learned like all the cowboy chords I needed to know to play the church the church stuff the churchy stuff, and then I was in let's see fourteen so I was in like eighth ninth grade, um so I started learning all of the music that like I was listening to okay the yeah. time which was like a lot of Five Iron Frenzy which you guys hate because it's ska yeah. and uh, I like I, that one uh, song the Great White North that's it I like Superman is that the one by Goldfinger I don't think that's Five Iron Frenzy. Yeah. Canada. Great, oh, it's El Canada. Oh, Canada. Yeah. That's one of the lines in the song now I think about it. Yes. Yeah, the great white north, our kilts are plaid. If you don't like it, well. You're dumb, bro. It's not, it's not <laughs> half bad or something. It's no. not half bad. That's what it is. Yeah. It's yeah. not half bad. No, if you, it's, uh, 
it's if you don't like it, man, you sniff glue. I forget what the rhyme is before. But anyway, yeah. So them and uh, uh, MXPX. Yeah. Um, I'm down for that. So I was playing a lot of that stuff. Of course, you know, I had to learn the uh, the damn it riff, Blink Way too, because everyone knows oh, the yeah. damn it mm-hmm. riff. Um, it's like a rite of passage. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then other than that, like I was just, I did that for a while. Um, maybe like a year later, I wanted to get an electric guitar so I could actually play out yeah. because a guitar. So my parents got me my first guitar around. Uh, I played my grandmother's guitar for a while for like maybe six months. And I was like, this thing's really hard to play. Like I need a real acoustic guitar. Yeah. So we got a, uh, we went to guitar center and got an acoustic guitar. I yeah. had that. I still have it. That's actually the one that I, I use live now for, um, the church that I, gotcha. uh, that the church a, that I lead at. A Mitchell? It's a Mitchell. Yeah. Um, and I did the GFS pickup drop-in. Yeah. Completely butchered, uh, the saddle on, uh, when <laughs> I did it. So actually, again, Sean at, uh, at Pitbull, um, he did the, he did a bone saddle for me. Okay. Perfect. Uh, that worked great. And, uh, so I still play that guitar. Um, but my mom, um, went to, uh, I wanted an electric guitar. So I, I, because at the time I didn't have anything with a pickup and I was like, I need an electric guitar yeah. so I can play at church. Yeah. So I can play live. And, uh, so she goes to our church's garage sale. She goes, she sends me this picture and she goes, Oh, we got this guitar. And the guy had priced it fairly. It was like 250. Yeah. Uh, 250, 300. But I told her, I was like, I was like, you know what? Uh, it's kind of weird. Like, if it's not under 200, like, don't buy it. Yeah. And she ended up like buying it for me anyway at 250. Okay. That was uh, Fender Jagstang. Yeah. Which, of tight. course, now, like, those guitars are like six, seven, eight hundred dollars. Yeah. Um, but mine has a giant scratch in the back because, like, I was a kid. Yeah. Um, a buddy but- of mine plays one of those. It's a pretty cool guitar. They're like a little short scale, right? Or shorter scale? It's shorter. It's the same scale as uh, like a Jag or a Mustang. Yeah. Okay. That's tight. Um, so it's 24 inch scale. It's kind of a trip. I broke the uh, humbucker switch on it because um, I was definitely like a punk rock chugger kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, so everything yeah. was chug a leg, chug Everything leg. was chords <laughs> and chugging away and. You know, I never really learned how to play lead guitar because I was like, I can play chords. Like, why do I need to play? I just want to be on stage, dude. It's fine. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I know four chords and I can go, Uh, but I actually broke the, uh, the, so anyone listening who's familiar with like Mustang style guitars or Jack Stang, it's got the, the pickup switches on it for like in phase, out of phase, on off. Yeah. It's on off and phase. Yeah. And I broke the one on the humbucker because, I would like, I would, I wouldn't palm mute. I would like be playing. Then I would like slam the guitar to like mute. Yeah. And uh, I had duct tape because like I didn't have strap lock. So I duct tape my yeah, strap that's, to the I guitar. St- I still do that. <laughs> and, uh, but I would like slam the guitar so hard that one time I went to like mute the strings and I hit the switch and set it and just decimated it. <laughs> Blew it out. Just obliterate the thing. Um, it didn't matter because the humbucker, the stock humbucker on that guitar was garbage. You should have put a uh, JB in there. I do have a JB in it now. Oh, shit. Then I got spoiled it. it. Then I got installed by Moe's Guitars <laughs> in La Mesa, and we've come full Huge circle. shout out. Well, um, uh, what were so, some, yeah, so that's how I got started. What were some early projects? What was your first, like, band? Did you, like, you know, you had the, um, the hunger for some yeah, punk, Yeah, right? so, so um, I started playing just with a youth group at church yeah. in, in high school. But I was, again, like, I was, like, the punk rock kid. Yeah. And so we would do songs, and I was never, like, a vocalist, but we would do songs where I was, like, 
there'd be a really cool screaming part on this. Give me a freaking microphone. Yeah. <laughs> and so like, yeah. So I was just on the back, the guy in the back. Going, ah! <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, we had like, I had a, had a band. We recorded like three songs, um, that we wrote when I was in high school. I don't know where any of those recordings are. Okay. Um, cause we recorded them like into a karaoke machine. Oh. <laughs> we just put <laughs> so like, what you got, so what you got to do. We just put a microphone in the middle of the room. Yeah. And uh, hit, hit record on the freaking tape deck. <laughs> yeah. And we all played. And I wrote one of the songs, actually. Uh, but, I mean, I have no idea where any of those recordings are. Well, you got to find them. Dig them up. Um, I don't have them. Some, hopefully someone has them, but I have no idea. Yeah, I mean, okay. Uh, what was your first uh, gigging band? I'm kind of getting to like, okay. So, you, my, you, you're, so my first gigging band... Um, was in college. Okay. Um, when I so Ryan, who's the co-host on Six Cycle Hum. Yep. And our buddy Adam, who he was on like a couple episodes early on, mm-hmm. and he's done video work for us. He went to our first NAM and did video. He went to our third NAM and did video, but only with Ryan, bastard. Oh god. Um, but he, yeah, yeah. But he's done some other stuff with us. Um, long, long time friend now. Um, him and he played drums. And he met Ryan through another friend of ours, uh, Ryan's sister. And uh, they just started jamming. And he was they were like doing like just two-piece stupid song. They they had a song called, um, uh, man, I don't know. They just had the dumbest songs. They were stupid. Dang. Throwing uh, some shade. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm pretty sure they would admit that they were dumb songs, I hope. Um, so <laughs> I came by one t- time and I was like, just with my guitar, like just to like jam out and whatever. And yeah. they're like, they're like, yeah, that was cool, I guess. But like, I don't know, two guitars, like it doesn't really work. Like, like you're just playing the chords while Ryan's just like doing blues pentatonics and whatever. <laughs> I was like, they're like, but maybe like if you played bass, that would be cool. Yeah, there you go. So that's, that's actually, I didn't play bass. I played bass by force. Uh, I started going to church at a church where they had an acoustic where they had an acoustic guitar and Adam, and a piano player and I and Adam was playing drums. Showed up with a guitar and they're like, "Oh, can you play bass?" I was like, "That's just the like if I just like pretend power chords are one note, that works, right?" <laughs> yeah, and that's that's how we got started on bass. There you go. Um, and then yeah, the your favorite band thing happened, and I don't know. We kind of had like a really weird approach that I felt like was counter to like a lot of what was going on in San Diego in the time, where we were never successful playing paid shows. Like the like the whole pay to play. So like Soma, Epicenter, yeah. like that never worked for us. Yeah. Anything where we had to do pre-sale tickets, like just sucked. Well, when was that going? When when did you have so your favorite we, band? We started, let's see, probably 2004 to 2009-ish, I okay, guess. Yeah. So you guys did it for a while. Yeah. Okay. Um, something like that. And um we couldn't really do the bar scene because we were kind of just an all ages band like most we of your friends kind of like a yeah, family we were kind of this like weird alternative punk thing yeah and where some of our songs were like dead kennedys some of our songs just like didn't i wanted like in high time like they don't they don't really fit any genre ryan could probably tell you like oh no i was totally like channeling this band or that band because he wrote everything yeah i well, always I, i've seen videos of of it it was definitely more uh <laughs> like it's very were we wearing all white in those videos it was very garagey as uh, I suck that bad boy dry. Sorry, <laughs> I got You're a little bit more. Drops, I got the dregs. Blood from a stone. Anyway, so um, <laughs> yeah, no, I saw it was definitely more like kind of garagey, like 
Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Part oh my god! No, don't do it. All right, Steve is adding Sailor Jerry's to his beer. To his beer. So, um, that's, it up that's a notch. That's the like, home uh, cocktail. Yeah. You didn't say bam when you did that. So <laughs> I'm confused. <laughs> so I saw it. It was definitely more garagey. It was definitely like uh, rougher around the edges, like punk style, and it was really cool because it was like very like in your face, like to the point and style. Yeah, and that yeah. was your favorite band. And then you guys did that for a while. And then mm-hmm. when we actually came across you guys, you had formed or changed into so, the morning glass. So uh, we broke up um, our drummer. Um, like he had a lot of musical ideas that just didn't jive with us because he was more into uh, indie folk, like Neutral Milk Hotel of Montreal, like those mm-hmm. kinds of bands. Mumford and Sons. Um, Mumford and Sons didn't exist, <laughs> but I gave him a bunch of shit because um like they put out their album and I was like you know a lot of these songs remind me of Bright Eyes. Yeah. And he was pissed because Bright Eyes like when they first came up where they like, they were kind of like super emo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like and he Definitely. was like oh I'm like no like like slow down like drop like the stereotypes, drop the scene and just listen to the music. And Bright Eyes has like there's a very like weird like alt country thing going on. Yeah. I was like no dude, you guys are like kind of have this like alt country vibe going on. And like later on, like, I don't know, I said that to him and I remember him getting like really like aggravated about it. And then like a year, a year later, his wife was like, oh, I love the new Bright Eyes album. I was like, you sons of bitches. (laughs) Um, I called it. So anyway, so Ryan and I, uh, when, when Adam left, he was like, I still want you guys to make music. So we found, started another band with some other friends of ours, (laughs) um, called the morning glass. Okay. And the morning glass was kind of interesting because Ryan was still writing all the songs, but I switched from bass to electric guitar. Ryan switched from being the only guitar, so he's playing like both guitar, like just guitar, guitar, and lead guitar, to really just being a front man. And then we brought on a new bass player, a new drummer, who are husband and wife. Yeah, and uh, that was really different because as just the side guitarist, like I became like the lead guitarist. Actually, yeah. all the leads on the, excuse me, on the morning glass recordings, are me playing. Okay. Um, but we always had like a little bit of conflict in there because if Ryan wrote a song that gave me like full freedom, I was putting like stuff that like I was I listened to a lot of even now like I listen to a lot of like Copeland, Death Cab for Cutie, yeah, like stuff that Jimmy Eat World stuff that has more of like a indie rock emo bass. Yeah. But Ryan's very much like a power pop um presence of the USA, um Harvey Danger, yeah, local H, like these like bands that were like very riff heavy. Yeah. So it's it's funny, like if you listen to some of those tracks, I listen to them every once in a while and I go like, oh yeah, like I can totally hear like this I understand what I was going for and I understand what he was going for. And it was kind of like, I want to say we were, we weren't like actively fighting for dominance, but, but when we pitched ourselves to like venues, it was always like, well, what, how do we describe ourselves? Because I feel like we're more indie rock, yeah. but he wanted to be more affiliated with like these like power pop bands. Yeah. And it was kind of like kind of this weird thing. So we ended up, with that band, we played a lot more bars. With your favorite band, we actually played churches more. Yeah. And we found that doing that and playing free shows at churches, we actually made a lot more money. 
because we could sell merch. Yeah. And what we found playing like Epicenter or whatever is the kids spent like 10 bucks to get in. So they're now they're broke. Yeah, they have money. But yeah. if a kid, and then we'd get like a dollar, like maybe a dollar per, per head, sold, yeah, right? Yeah. But if we could sell a kid a shirt for $10, we actually only got those shirts printed for $5. So we made five yeah. bucks. Yeah. So definitely like doing free shows were in, uh, were like a big advantage to us. Yeah. I definitely remember that's when we played with you guys was in the morning glass. We played, uh, this show was at dream street and OB dream street. At, yeah. At, at OB. We uh, played there two or like a couple different times. The time we played with you guys, was it with adult science? No, we played with nods to nothing. Oh which is yeah. Our drummer's band. Okay. He was the singer and that was their CD release. Oh wow. And so I remember, remember you guys, I remember talking to you guys a lot, like kind of about gear and it was like something I'm like, I don't know who these people are. Like, why am I talking <laughs> to them about this stuff? And then I was like, and then I was also, I remember like looking way up at you guys talking to you. I'm like, oh, these guys are gigantic. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, and I was like, oh yeah. So I'm playing like, I think I was like a Fender Strat guy. And I was like, oh, I play Mesa Boogie and stuff like that. And then I remember like, I'm, I think I mentioned something about like, like, oh, do you guys need to use, you know, borrow any gear or whatever? And, and then I think we were like- dual rectifier. You want to use I'm it? Like, I'm like, oh, we can leave it up there if you guys need it. Because I was like, we're so used to bands just like yeah. borrowing gear. And you're like, no, 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 we got our own shit. And I was in like- In hindsight, like, I wish I probably would, like, in hindsight, I wish I would have taken you up on that. It was like something but, I was like, I was like, oh man, these guys have their own gear. I love them. <laughs> that was it. I'm trying to think. That show, I was maybe playing a sessionette. So I, I still have it. I have this, uh, it's a- very not known brand called award uh award session there's a set i have an amp called it's a session the model is a session at 75 and it was a solid state amp that was designed to be it's in the it was in it's an 80s amp but it's des, it's a professional grade yeah solid state amp but the thing is is it's it's super boxy so that's the only like downside for playing live with it is it kind of sounds a little muffled and it's is it super directional maybe it's yeah it's a because it's a it's a one by twelve, one by 12 yeah in a small cabinet but it was designed for like it's it's the company's from the UK so it's designed for somebody to be able to take that like and a guitar board, like yeah. on on the on the, on the, on the, on the, the tube on the tube yeah, yeah right <laughs> uh, and uh, and like you know because it's like only this big. Um, so I was either playing that or I was playing uh, an acoustic 150 through um, a crate two by twelve. To get a big, I think that was the big amp. Yeah, I was like, man. Yeah, so that big. was one. Like, I mean, if you ever want to talk bass tone, like I got some ideas on like gigging bass tone. So what was uh? Well, I guess yeah. Let's bring it to the rigs. What were the gigging rigs for you? For uh, how about let's go for bass. What was the rig? Yeah. So um, my favorite rig with your favorite band where I played bass was um, uh, eventually. I started with uh, playing a Squire P through an Acoustic 150 and a gutted Crate 2x12. So I took a Crate GFX 212. The The amp was kind of jank, so I threw it out. Yeah. I slapped on a birch back that I bought at Home Depot and yeah, yeah. sawed it out and <laughs> yeah. whatever, screwed it in, put in the jacks. That was my thing. I played a, a bunch of shows with that. Eventually, I upgraded to an Acoustic... I don't remember what the model name is, but it was a 300 watt amp from them. It, it was from the eighties. It's the collaboration series. They, their naming conventions got weird. Um, so I don't remember offhand what it was. Was it a solid state? It was still solid state, but okay. it was big. I mean, yeah. this, this head, and it was 80s. So it was like, this big. head weighed like 55, 60 pounds. 
Yeah. And uh, so I used that through an Avatar 410. Then I added on, um, no, I, I think I had an Avatar 1x15 first. I added on an Avatar 410 to that. So I was playing a full sec with this, but I could never get the sound that I got with the Acoustic 150. Mm. And um, I tried different drive pedals. I used a Proco Rat, uh, just whatever I had, Tube Screamers, DS1s, whatever. I just, I found that I lost too much bass. Yeah. And and the thing is, is it wasn't even the loss of bass. It was the overemphasis on treble. Yeah. Um, because with the big high powered acoustic head, it had all these knobs. It had a dr- it had its own drive channel and it had gain and volume. So you could really like tweak, tweak it. it and get it in. And yeah. but I just could never find the sound that I loved. Um and eventually, you know, I was driving a Honda Civic, so loading two yeah, that was two, full, two half size cabs into a civic sucks. Yeah. Sucks. <laughs> you like pushed up against a steering wheel. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually fit both of them in the back seat somehow. Uh, but then I was taking like the rest of our drummer's equipment, uh, in the rest of the car. Uh, so I eventually got rid of the one by 15 because what I realized was that like the key, the secret to my tone was that acoustic one fifty. Yeah. Uh, the one fifty and the one fifty B from acoustic are the same amp, but the one fifty has trem and reverb. Mm-hmm. It's basically a twin reverb, uh, solid state version of a twin reverb. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the 150B doesn't have that. Um, and what I realized was that the secret to my sound live was just cranking this solid state amp. So I'd run it like 12 o'clock, so it would just start grinding. Yeah. And because of the way the rest of our band filled out, like electric guitar with a lot of lead work, drums, and Adam was playing a Slingerlin kit is a 68 or 69 slingerland 28 by 14 kick drum oh shit so it was a very fast low sound it wasn't like so again think back to like 2004 2006 like everyone's starting to roll out these pork pie like (laughs) 20 20 by 20 by 26 no 20 inches across but 28 inches deep right yeah like a bazooka super deep the bazookas right (laughs) So Adams was the opposite of that. 28 inches, 28 inch head. The fast attack, yeah. Uh, 14 inches deep. We played Second Wind in Santee. Yeah, and, know that what? And uh, the sound guy there was like, oh, I don't know how to mic this. Uh, hold on. And <laughs> and so he went and grabbed a knife and we we're like, the fuck are you doing, dude? Like we went and grabbed him like, no, no, no. Like, he's like, oh, it sounds like a trash can. I was like, yeah, that's our sound, dude. We sound <laughs> like a freaking trash can. <laughs> Yeah, it's okay. But, yeah, dude. It's okay. Just let the trash can happen. Definitely. And uh, I'm blowing out your. I'm no, we're good, dude. Um, we like trash so, cans. Keep getting louder. So, so, so uh, that was just the sound. Is this? It was. It's very low, but it's very fast. It's yeah. Like no, it's all attack, no sustain. Definitely. It's it's the it's the Zeppelin sound. Yeah. And uh, so we went with that for a while. And so what I found is is really where I needed to sit was cranked low mids which is what i got from like i turned my amp up to about 12 ran my eq straight up cranked the volume up to about 12 one o'clock through a four by ten cab and that was the perfect sound that was your perfect sound for that, got it. for that band and you know it's one of those things where like i'm so comfortable in that in that set that like whenever i'm playing like more traditional bass whenever i play bass at church now yeah i'm like oh like i don't know what i'm doing how <laughs> much 
You're like, how much lows do I need? You're like, ah, oh, you, you're, you're, like, you're holding you, me back. What do you mean I can't play 16 notes a minute or yeah. a second or whatever? Like, what do you mean I need to slow down? But uh, I guess like uh, we kind of touched on your guitar rig, but I want to jump yeah. on to um, you started running a venue, the oh, Park yeah. Gallery over in San Diego. How did that actually become a thing? It's like, okay, it was like an art venue, yeah. like art space, like all ages venue. Like how did that actually become so, something? So that was, um, so the church I go to um, owns four um, storefronts yeah. on Park Boulevard and they're borderline. They're not there yet. And there's a lot of concern that they could become. Uh, historically interesting buildings. Gotcha. Because the church itself was built in like 1955, but those storefronts were built like around like 1905 or so. So Mm -hmm. they're like over a hundred years old. And um, so we were, so at the time uh, Adam and Ryan and I, we were, we were at that, we all went to church there and we were trying to figure out what to do with these buildings. And we're like, well, like what if we do a music venue? Yeah. Because your favorite band, like one of the things, again, like that we love to do was free shows. Yeah. We do them in churches. There's a church over on, um, in North Park, 30th and Howard, um, that has a basement and we would do shows there. Okay. They, they, that venue uh, was called Soul Jam. Yeah. And a lot of like, uh, at least up and coming San Diego, like, uh, Christian music scene, uh, bands like came up through there. So yeah. like- I think POD had played there. Dogwood played there. Yeah. Okay. Um, a lot of bands like that had gone through there at one point or another. And then they kind of took a hiatus and they were trying to revive it. And apparently your favorite band was supposed to get signed and become super va- famous to like relaunch that venue. It never happened. Yeah. <laughs> we did, but we did do our last show there. There you go. We actually were slated. We did a show at um, uh some crappy venue on El Cajon. Last call? Was it last call? Yes, it was or before they like changed that. it to Soda Bar. No, well, okay, so maybe it was, was Ch- Chasers before. Soda oh, Bar. never mind. Sorry. So actually, I think it was last Soda Bar. Call. No, we, Last Call. Never mind. Fuck Last Call. Anyway, go on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got some Garbage. issues with Last Call. Garbage. Um, so I think we played your favorite band. We played at Soda Bar, and then after that was when Adam was like, "Yeah, I, I, like I need to do my own thing," and I was like, "The last show we played only had one person show up." Plus, like there were three people in the room, if you include the bartender, bartender and the door guy, and and the door guy, right? And uh, so I was like, "That's that's not gonna fly for me." Um, so I set up a real last show again at this church, uh, at this church that used to be Soul Jam. That yeah, was running under the Soul Jam name. I think we had like a hundred or so kids, but it was a basement. Yeah, and, and so like that's packed. You're like sardines. And, and yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're sardines, you don't really care that it's only like fifty. Yeah, or a hundred people or whatever. Because it's like I'd rather play, I'd rather play a hundred people in a venue that's designed to fit eighty, and then like a hundred people in a venue that's designed to fit five hundred. Well, because yeah. and the room sounds better. Yeah, and, yeah. And it like sounds better, there. and people give a shit, and the, like people, yeah, people, people care, and the energy's high. Yeah. Like everything's free. like our last show was for for that for your favorite band was off the charts. I don't remember our last show last <laughs> show for the morning glass, uh, but so that's I mean that's all that means. Um, but yeah, so we started this venue with the idea of like. Every show is going to be free, and we're just going to do it off the lessons that we learned from being in a band. Yeah. Um, so we started this thing, and one of the things we told the church straight up, because, again, we all went to this church. Yeah. But we told them straight up, like, if we do this, we're not going to bait and switch. 
So bait and switch is a thing where, um, because this is a thing that would happen, like not to throw dogwood under the bus, but like you'd go to like a punk show at a church, you'd get the first two bands and before the headliner, the the pastor would come up and like give a sermon. Okay. And about like, you know, like, no, that's a thing. Okay. And, uh, you know, Hey guys, so, so glad you came out. Like, yeah, welcome to such and such church. Like, we're really glad you're here. Like, you know, all these bands here tonight, like, like Jesus Christ, whatever, whatever. And like, not to downplay what I believe in because like, yeah, because this is, you know, I feel like I'm being like a bad person, but whatever. Um, but, um, our whole thing was that doesn't work. When you bring people into a space where they're think they think they're here to like hear bands that that they love, yeah, and then all of a sudden in the middle of it you throw them like a message that they're not interested in, yeah, like it it feels cheap. It feels like just you know like so not genuine and it's like, right, it like feel, oh right, I got exactly screw, I got screwed over. It yeah. feels disingenuous yeah. exactly. So our whole thing was like, look, just give us space. We will talk to every band one on one. Yeah. And when people ask us, how do you run this without a venue? We'll be like, well, the church next door owns the building. Yeah. And we go to that church and they've allowed us to have a venue to, to yeah. create a safe space. Um, yeah. It's, it's like for, was it, for music. It was a very community kind of thing. Exactly. I, guess. exactly. I actually <laughs> remember going to a couple shows there. Yeah. Uh, my friend, uh, BJ Jasbera. Yeah. Fr- friend yeah. of the show. I put on one uh, of, G- uh, one of BJ's shows. Yeah. He, uh, played there with, uh, one of his bands too. uh, add the color. I remember going there and it's like, I didn't understand. I'm like, wait, so I don't have to pay to be here. Like, I was like, oh, I like it for, as for me, as like, I was like, you know, 21, 22, I was like, wait, so I don't have to pay to be, to go to a venue in San Diego. It was like, at first I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It was like very about the music, very about like the art. And I was like, you know, I knew that it was an art space as well. And I was like, okay, yeah. you guys are creating a community. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah, you guys had this like vision of like, okay, you know, even if like at the time, it was like what, your college kids? Like, okay, we're taking something of music that we love. We love yeah. music. You know, Ryan's a, an art guy. Like we love art. We're making these. A lot spe- of the art, probably when you came in, a lot of the art on the wall was either from Ryan or his wife. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's like, that's a huge thing with San Diego. I'm like, you know, it was like you guys put that energy and put that out there. And I yeah. thought that was really cool. I mean, like, you know, it was something that you guys loved. And you guys created, like, a cool community in San Diego about it. And I thought that was really inspiring. And I'm like, you know, it's like it took somebody for a loop for me. I'm like, wait, so you don't try and screw bands over? Yeah, no, <laughs> you our, know? our whole thing, like, bands would hit something like, oh, can we, like... So can we do like $5 at the door and whatever? I'm like, no, no, no. like, look, you got, do you guys have CDs? Yeah, sell merch. Yeah. No? Okay. Well, burn a bunch of CDs and just sell them. And whatever whatever you take from it, that's your take. Now, when band, because we had a lot of touring bands come through. Yeah. Like for touring bands, we would pass a bucket and be yeah. like, hey, if you guys are having a good time tonight, think about throwing some money in the bucket because you haven't paid anything. Or buy, because with, with stuff in the bucket... Depending, like we would try to work out with like the local bands, like, look, we got two locals and an out of town. So when we pass the bucket, whatever gets, whatever gets collected, just that's go. just going to go to the touring band. Yeah, definitely. So if you guys have merch, great. like that, you need, you need to push great. that. Yeah. And that was, that was a lot of it. And again, that kind came from, from Ryan and I and, and, and Adam, our experience with, with being in a local band and just feeling like every time we played a major venue that like, yeah, we're going to do this. Because hopefully we build our fan base because we're not getting anything out of this. 
Because, yeah, we sold 50 tickets. What are we going to do with 50 bucks? 50 bucks is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> like, I spent 50 bucks in gas just to get here. Like, this is a this is otherwise a waste of my time. If I didn't, if I didn't love, you know, performing, if I didn't love, like, yeah, being on stage and the music and, and the scene, like, then 50 bucks is stupid. Yeah. Right? Definitely. And I, and I think, you know, it, I mean, to, we're going to, like, speed past this, but it's like, okay, you're at a point now, it's like, okay... You're um not playing so much in bands anymore. Yeah. It's like you know shit happens. It's like okay, you're not like 20 years old anymore. Yeah, I have right? two kids now. Yeah, got the kids, man. Um, <laughs> but it's you took that same mindset, whether you want to believe it or admit it, you know, or not. You know, you created a community aspect with your podcast. Yeah. So yeah. when did like your podcast like how did what inspired that? What triggered that? And what made it to be like okay, this is gonna be a thing that I do now. Um. Craigslist. <laughs> casual uh, encounters. Yeah, got it. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, casual encounters. You. Hold on. Blonde, blonde guy with a beard. Me. Brown haired guy with a beard. <laughs> Let's do this. We Let's were at a church. It. That's all it is. Let's like, make a podcast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, no. Um, so Ryan and I, again, like off of the Your Favorite Band years, like, so my my jazz bass, my second one, Yeah. Uh, from Your Favorite Band, this was after kind of the the roots, I guess, of the podcast started. Um, I bought that bass as a Fender American Jazz V. I bought that bass for out of my pocket, one hundred fifty dollars. Nice. Dang. Uh, so basically, what happened is I just happened to be in Guitar Trader at the right moment. RPMP. Well, that's a legit venue or venue. It, fucking place. Well, it was a legit. It was, it was yeah. a legit. Um, because one of the guys from my church. Actually, not even a guy from a church. A guy who had played bass in my church like one or two times, just as a as a help out. Um, we probably know him. No, well, he's a marine. He's I don't I don't know what happened to him. Um, so he was there, and um, I ran into him, and I was like, "Hey, man, what's up?" Da-da-da-da. He's like, "Oh yeah, I'm I'm looking to trade in trade in some stuff for a pod a bass pod XT." Because he was going into the studio. So that's, you know, yeah. this is like, again, like 2006, 2007, when the XT yeah. stuff was legit. No, um, it was the bass floor. Yeah. So it was a little, maybe a year later. And I was like, okay, cool. And so he brings in his bass and uh, he's like showing it to the guys at Guitar Trader. And they're like, they pull out the blue book. Yeah. Yo, you ever see the blue yeah, book? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the guitar blue that's book? Like old yeah. school, yeah. <laughs> they pull that thing out and they're like, Ugh. like, well, you know, this has, this is a 2001, it's got the, the carbon truss, the dual carbon truss rod and whatever. And like, this isn't really like whatever. I was like, hold on. I was like, let me make a phone call. So I run out, actually, I ran across to the mobile because I don't have a cell phone. Yeah. But no, no, I had a cell phone. Sorry. And, uh, I so saw, I call, I call Ryan. I was like, dude, um, can you, can the band, like, do we have enough in the band fund to give me a hundred bucks or 150 bucks? Yeah. So I I knew that we had already like financed Adam's drums. Yeah. And I was like, can you throw me 150? Cause we did 400 for Adam. Can we do 150 for me? So, oh, I don't know. He's like, I'm like, dude, I have a sick lead on a, on a dope bass. Yeah. I'm like, it might be my backup bass, but I think I could find some use for it. And he's like, all right, whatever. So. I go back and go, I can do, I think they only offered him like 270 or like 280. Yeah. For again, a Fender American Jazz V. Yeah, Jesus. Five string jazz bass. 
And they're like, duh, duh, duh. and I was like, hold on, dude. I, I was like, pulled him to the side away from the guy. I was like, I can do 300 right now. He's like, okay, cool. I was like, all right, let me go to, let me go to mobile. Yeah. I run back across, <laughs> I run across the street, ATM, pay my fucking $20 yeah. <laughs> surcharge or whatever. <laughs> go back. Funny. and I'm like, here's your, here's your 300 bucks. And so effectively, like I always say, like I paid $150 for a Fender American jazz bass because once that, yeah. Once the span of the band ended, like I owned it. Yeah, it was your your band. And um yeah. but uh wait, what was the question? The podcast. <laughs> well, was, oh, yeah, the podcast. So so that was kind of like the foundation of this idea. Like, okay, of like, yeah, getting, of like getting, getting deals, the best yeah. deal and like getting getting like the Craigslist deal. So so when uh when I was at work, like Ryan and I would just he was working at, at his job and I was working at mine, and we would just send Craigslist deals to each other and we're like Oh, this is cool. Oh, you could buy this and sell it for like an extra 30 bucks or whatever. We did this for years. And then he kind of like started listening to your brother, or uh, my brother, my brother and me, and some other comedy podcasts. He was like, you know, like we just took what we like talk about yeah. already yeah. and like made it funny. Like that could be a show. I was like, oh, I don't know. And then I started listening to podcasts. I was like, all right, let's give this a shot. So we recorded like three or four episodes, did kind of a soft release thing. Yeah. Pushed it on like a couple different guitar forms we were on and had like a really great response. Yeah. Okay. And this was almost four years ago now. Yeah. Well, it'll be four years next January. Definitely. I guess over three years ago. Is that right? I guess that's right. I don't yeah. know. But I mean, that's one thing I thought was kind of cool is that you've like took the podcast idea and stuff like that. You've like created a community for like gigging gigging musicians church players like hobbyists bedroom like yeah. players stuff like that it's like people who are into gear and you like kind of like gravitate towards everybody with like the way that you approach gear whether it's going to be the boutique stuff whether it's going to be like oh the you know cheaper stuff like so you guys are like the full the full monty you guys it, like it, like everything it's honestly like, like we it's are kinda, this is the you know your thing yeah it, it's kind of tough because like once like we started, we tried to get the YouTube thing going um, maybe a little faster than we could have. Yeah. But it ended up working and we've had, we had one manufacturer hit us up or we reached out to them and they messaged us back and said, look, like your video style's bad um, and your video style is too close to what we're already doing. So we're not going to send you anything. And so that forced us to be like, well, what can we do differently? And, and Ryan actually asked them, like, what can we do different? And they're like, well, if you had captions, that would be different different enough to yeah. to be separate, right? And um, we've had other people who are like, look, like, you guys have, like, 5,000 subs on or whatever, like, 3,000, 5,000 subs on Instagram or on YouTube. Like, the real cutoff is, is number X, right? Yeah. Once you get there, like, now you're more legit. Yeah. And we had people who said, you know, if you don't start charging right now, like you're never going to be able to do it because everyone will expect you to do it for free. Yeah. And, and it's just like social media is such a strange industry to build into. Is that kind of like what catapulted the podcast? You think it's like, well, did it's, you ever like foresee it going as far as you are now? It's, it's not what catapulted the podcast because honestly, like the, 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 you, the YouTube has, has surpassed, the podcast okay um in terms of like subs so so podcast wise like the podcast is big and the podcast is way beyond anything we ever expected yeah and 
And it was one of these things where the podcast was um, Ryan and I hanging out. Yeah. It, it went from us sending AOL instant messengers to each other <laughs> to um, to like, well, instead of just messaging all day, let's just pick out some, some of just these ads about it, yeah. and then talk about them on a microphone. And uh, some of this stuff was, um, you know, it, there's always been tweaks along the way. Yeah. Whether it was when we got on Patreon, which we only got on Patreon because one of our listeners was like, yeah, look, I was at a church and then like for six months and we bought a year long subscription, but we only like lasted for six months and then we folded. So we have a subscription left. If you guys want it, I can hook you up. Yeah. <laughs> like that's how we got on Podbean. And then flipping over to Patreon, like the number of the number of people we have supporting us between the Patreon listening and the Podbean listening still blows my mind. And yeah. that's all money that goes into the show. Like again, like yeah, and it's I like, joked about it on the 60 Cycle Home episode. Ryan's in Germany right now. That's not possible. Like if we wanted to, I could be in Germany right now. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like I looked at it like, I don't know. I don't, I suck. Yeah. Like I suck <laughs> as a musician. Um, I'm just funny. Maybe. But, I don't know. Maybe but, I mean, I'm funny. I, I, not to like, Kyle, you're funny. Kyle. Yeah. You're Kyle, funny. you haven't said anything in like yeah. 20 minutes. Oh, I'm, I, I'm listening I funny? intently. Am yes, funny? you are funny, Steve. Why? You don't but, need my validation. But I think, uh, you know, uh, besides, you know, like anything like downplaying yourself, I'm like, it's like you guys created a community and I think it's like you guys are really inspiring people to like you know speak out and be a be like passionate about guitar and passionate I, about what they do and I'm like and that's a huge thing it's like whether you you believe it or not like you're touching people and the people are excited people are happy people are fun like having fun about things that are positive and it, i think that's a great thing so i'm like you. you know don't like dip downplay it like what you no, guys do i i think i think we hit a moment where the the biggest guitar podcast that we knew of at the time was was Six String Bliss. Yeah. And they were kind of winding down for reasons that I don't know of. Um, they were kind of just doing user-contributed episodes yeah. at that time. Um, and GAK, which is now Guitar Nerds, yeah. they existed and they were kind of ramping up. And so Ryan and I just jumped into it thinking that there's only one other podcast in existence. <laughs> yeah. One other guitar podcast. Yeah. So we had some room and we just did it and we did it and we did it and we went to Nam, and uh, Daniel Tyak from formerly Salvage Custom. He's kind of just being himself he's, now. Yeah. He's um, just a dude. Just a guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Duding up somewhere. Helped, help, helped us out with some stuff. Yeah. And got us going on the YouTube side and everything's kind of just like gone upward from there. To where Ryan, Ryan as a freelance graphic designer, like the podcast has helped him out on that side because he relies on getting work, and sometimes that work is is drawing pictures, and it's like maybe and sometimes that work is is making demos. It's may maybe showcasing like his work, and he's able to do for him like marry a couple passions of yeah, like video. Yeah. If it's like it's it's art, it's you know guitar, it's like audio, it's all this stuff like that, and I think that's really cool. Okay, well, I guess uh, I'm gonna cut it off from gushing about your podcast. 
Thank let's, you. Uh, <laughs> let's talk um, about something where I get to feel bad about myself. Yeah. Let's do uh, like a couple topics. Did we tell? We didn't tell you these cut these topics. No, no, th- that's the best way. Boom! It's like figure it out, bitch. <laughs> I'm doing the old sixty second hum special here. I'm pouring <laughs> rum into my my uh, Miller. Lite. You didn't even try Miller Lite on its own. I did. Okay, it's I not did. not enough for you. Huh? Spice uh, up with that spice rum. I'm just rum. a bad person. Okay, so uh, the topic we got um, one, maybe two. We'll see how this goes. Maybe this will be a Patreon thing. But uh, the first topic I have here is uh, for guitar modding. Yeah. So we're going to riff off of this a bit. What is, uh, you know, your threshold for modding a guitar? Like, is there like a money amount? Like, I won't put this much into this much of a guitar. Do you even mod guitars? And why would Um, you even mod a guitar? I think it, I think it comes down to how much you love the instrument. So, um, in the case of the Fender Jazz V I had, the only modification I ever did to that bass changes strings. Uh, yeah, pretty <laughs> much. No, I, I put a thumb rest on it, but I didn't put it in like a traditional thumb rest position. Yeah, I actually did the, and as as weird as it was at, at the time, it makes more sense now. I put it in the quote uh, nine inch nails position. So, um. Are you familiar with bass ramps? Yes. So that's I've, all, I've done some research recently on bass ramps, right? Yeah. So I didn't know. I've never heard of bass ramps, but but the the way the position I had my thumb rest in on my Jazz V was just directly perpendicular to the uh, the bridge pickup. Okay. So the bridge pickup was there, and I actually had my guitar tech cut off the end of the thumb rest so it would be like flush yeah and then just almost not like two inches out from from that pickup so i had almost all the space between the two pickups to like play on okay and it was just because i wanted to play in between it wasn't even about tonal it was about the fact that like i wanted the look of pull pieces yeah okay. <laughs> but i didn't want to because i played so aggressively yeah in your favorite band um, when I was playing directly above the bridge pickup, there was like, we would play shows where I would go home and be, uh, dealing with blisters on both hands. Oh, dang. Um, the, the fretting hand, not as much, but definitely on the pick hand. And I figured out that like some of that was because I would dig so deep that I was actually hitting the pull pieces on my base. So no pick for you. No pick. No, okay. I, was a, I was a finger player. Finger guy. Okay. So we're doing this like pseudo- This interview's over. <laughs> you pick guy? Yep. Of course. I, I've like learned to play with pick, um, but actually I sprained my thumb in college. And uh, so it's really hard for me to play with a pick. Life injury. Uh, for, for more than, for more than like a couple songs. Like after that, like my thumb starts to- freaking ache like crazy so you can't get on the xbox and pwn some noobs no um i haven't i was always more of a pc guy <laughs> there you go <laughs> um but uh but yeah make your thumb for space bar like, is uh, <laughs> is there like okay is there like a threshold right. for you for like i won't put this much into the guitar like okay um, if you had like a 200 hundred dollar guitar I, I think you gotta really love it that's it. Okay. Um. So like my Telecaster, which is actually funny because I think it was probably the same guitar that I was playing when um 
when the Morning Glass played with you mm-hmm. guys like 10 years ago or whatever, um, that guitar is basically in the same state. And that was a weird situation where I traded a Ashdown 2x10 cabinet for a bunch of Telecaster parts. Yeah. And then I gave that to... Um, there's a guy locally named Ron Childress. I don't know if you ever happened upon him on Craigslist. Nope. Um, but he he's a guitar tech out of his garage. He was doing a ton of work for Ryan and I. And I basically showed up at his place and said, here's a bunch of parts. Build me a guitar. There you go. <laughs> and uh, he did it. And uh, I don't even think if I paid for it, it was minimal. I think I mostly paid him in parts. Paid him I was in college. Parts and beer. Yeah. <laughs> and uh and that thing has has been a state but i think if you really love an instrument like it's hard to say like well i've hit my limitation yeah but on the same time like if you go out and buy a fender mexican strap for 300 dollars, you're and you get it and you're like oh this would be cool if i drop 200 dollars in pickups in it like you're stupid well, we're going to get into that with mine. But first, before that, <laughs> Kyle, what do you have to say about this whole thing? Modding, what's your thing? What's your hot take on this well, piece? I don't ever... I, I mod something for usability. I don't mod it to go, oh, well, I can get something out of this later or, you know, like so flip I, it. I always mod it for myself. Okay. So, like, you know, I, I've I've had like a, a just a shitty P-Base, like a, was it an Affinity... Squire, it's right there. <laughs> that pink boy, the pink and uh, mint. I was gonna go pick it up, but there's no strings. There's no on strings it. on it. That that I took the strings off so you wouldn't do that. <laughs> there's also no bridge if you look closely. Bastard. <laughs> I have a, a badass three I'm putting on it, so it's like polishing a turd. Steve is now getting up to go look at the said P base and knocking over a bunch of spray paint. It's all right. Go for it. Just do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. It's underneath that. Okay. Anyways, it's it's what it looks like. It's a Squire Affinity, but I want to put I want to put a legit neck on that, and I want to I have legit pickups already in What's it. What's wrong with the neck that's on it? Oh, uh, it's rosewood and it's garbage. I think it's the fret. okay. I think okay, the, fret, the frets are garbage. It, it's just, it's with, just with the rosewood part. I can like argue with, but I don't really care. I mean, I want it's a maple. <laughs> I want all maple, vintage, uh, you know, satin. Okay. Uh, Tenting How did my pizza on it. get over there? I don't know. I think it was because you stumbled across it. Anyways, um, <laughs> I wanna, you know, I wanna get a neck for it, and then that thing will be done. I have a, a badass three that's going on it. Okay. Um, I'm gonna do a string through. So I got a drill. I've already Wait, drilled. There's a badass three. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's how old I am. I only know about the badass two. Oh, this yeah, trace. I, ha- I have a three on my uh, on my P base uh, that I use on a on the rig. Yeah. You get- so. Get the drill press over there and get the string yes. through. Boom, done. Bastard right here. So I got to do that. So, you know, it's a learning, so, learning ex- so experience, but it's fun. It's what I'm doing with it. I'm not, I haven't spent a, a shitload on it, but, right. but probably, I think that if, like you said earlier, if you really like it, if it's like sentimental, yeah. but also if it works, if it's something that already works and you think you can make it better, do it. You're going right. to make mistakes. You're going to fuck shit up, but I think you're not going to know until you do it. Yeah, you know, and and I I'm working on other things right now, but Brian wants to talk right now. I'm I think uh, you. he does. My <laughs> he's been talking you, this whole time. You, Kyle, why do you let him talk? I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna beat the shit out of him after this because he didn't let me talk this whole time. <laughs> he didn't let me drink. 
Okay, for my thing, I'm more on the uh, mod it because I'm I love it kind of thing. But I also I love it. I love it. So I have. I'm, I'm sad. None. Of, you got any of those ever tunes here? I do not. I should have brought one. <laughs> God, would have blown your mind. <laughs> like I just don't believe in Ko's ability to bend strings. Yeah, no, it's it it's, it's <laughs> fuck. It's, he ain't strong enough to bend on every tune. <laughs> it's it's fucking sick. Anyways, so that's my whole thing. I have an Affinity Squire Stratocaster. Oh shit, you got one too. And um, I threw on that bad boy. <laughs> Who doesn't? Is that a, is that a Squire by Fender? Yeah. So I have it, and I have on there a. I put a Warmoth neck. I put, um, locking, Spurzel tuners. Okay. A new bone nut. Mm-hmm. I put uh, uh, what graphite saddles on the bridge. I put a Seymour Duncan JB. I put a new just singular tone pot or no, just a volume pot in there. I put you know uh, I put some duct tape on so there. So what? What <laughs> you put so, some duct tape? So the only thing left is the body. Yeah. <laughs> the so pit guard actually but too. In the pit guard, like well, <laughs> the I mean, broken I, pit guard. I ripped half of that away. And so on that thing, it's just like, it is like a, it is still kind of an affinity strat. The only thing left over is the body. Right. So all you're saying is I bought a tiny strat. It's not tiny. It's regular size. The affinities are usually thin, a little thinner, right? Possibly. I guess like, I guess it's it's, a thinner body. It's a full size, but it's like, instead of being like one in... One and seven eighths. It's like one and a half or whatever. Gonna take your word on that one, buddy. <laughs> I, I forget. I forget the numbers. I, I know. I know the bullets are thinner, and I was thinking yeah. the affinities are thinner. So this one. God, it, I'm a freaking nerd. It's a. It's. I love yes, the are. guitar to death, and I play it a lot, and I've used it a lot. It has like a certain like feel to it that people are like, "This looks like garbage." Sure. It looks like shit. It's covered. It sounds in- like garbage from your description. But and then it's covered in blood, it's covered in sweat and shit like that. And the people play it, I'm like, wow, this sounds great, actually. Like, because of like, I don't know, if, like, well, this sounds great, but I also have hepatitis. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. know how you got it because I don't have it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> someone else's blood, not mine. Yeah. Brian, <laughs> probably from the bathroom you were in, dude. Get off your knees, got on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, how many, how many? What are you doing? That joke was so bad, I just lost <laughs> listeners. Yeah, I just got hepatitis from that joke. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, um, with that, like that guitar, it sounds really great and plays really great. And because it was my first guitar, sure, I have that connection with it. This yeah. was like the one that I'm like, I worked my ass off to get this guitar when I was a kid, and I'm like, I still play it 120 now. Hundred twenty bucks. Yeah. And I, no, because I bought that. <laughs> That's a with, lot of ass. With you know. <laughs> you didn't have a lot to move with anyway. Yeah, so. when, I, when I was a youngster, that with the amp and everything like that, um, I was super excited to get that. And so that, to me, sparked that passion of like, this is the guitar. Like, I'm playing music right. with this thing. And like, for me now, I'm like, I'm almost fucking 30 years old. I'm like, that still drives me today. And I can grab that. And I'm like, I use it for tracks on the new album that we did, latest album that we did. And people were like, oh, it sounds great. I'm like, well, I used a Squire on that shit. Like, well, because if you're running a Squire through, like, um, you know, an Orange or a Mesa Boogie dual rectifier, like, right. it's going to sound fucking great. You're not going to well, hear how shit it sounds. And, and you know, that, I it's mean. It's like, as cork sniffers as Kyle think, is, it's going to sound good. Thing, I think that's the thing that people, you know, coming from. Oh, Jesus. I love we that. We're not going to cut that. 
That's fine. Coming from like a church <laughs> community where people like don't know how volume knobs work, it seems like all the time or volume pedals. Um, you know, when you have something that sounds great, even if it's noisy for one reason or another, or a lot of times, like I, you know, I've owned instruments that are like, oh, this is noisy. Even my Telecaster is noisy on the yeah. bridge pickup because, again, it's a single coil in a building that's not well. Um, it's not the best electrical. Uh, yes, design, interference. Right? Yeah, you know. Uh, but I, I learned to like. Oh, I'll, between songs, I'm going to dial it back. Drop it. Yeah. 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 Roll you know, it back. Yeah. Because that's the tone I want. So when you find the tone you want, especially in a studio situation, where like you have an engineer who can gate it. Where you have an engineer who says, "Look, I'm going to pull this guitar out for the chorus because it's the perfect tone I want for the chorus." Yeah, and that's then you just like use. fade the fade the waveform. Like, yeah. so just figure it out, you know it, it, exactly. And so guys like so often go like, you know, oh, for a long time the Stratocaster, I think it's starting to come back for, but for a long time it was kind of like out of style because there was no humbucking at all. Yeah, unless you're in a two or four. But even then, you're like, eh, like it sounds kind of really weird. Yeah, I want yeah. like because even the neck pickup on a Strat is pretty punchy. Um, if that's if that's what you're riding with, yeah. Like the Strat neck pickup is one of my favorite sounds. It's not the most usable sound, uh, but I, but I love it. Yeah. Um, but you know, a lot of guys are like, oh, it, it's noisy every time. Like I'm in this situation or that situation. Like there's just this buzz. I'm like, well. Just roll your volume just fucking, or, or just fucking deal with it, dude. And it's like, that's the biggest thing. I've been in situations where we've had dirty power right. with humbuckers and with like a noise gate on oh, my- Oh, so you've played at the last call. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We played at the blonde bar. I'll bleep that out. <laughs> okay. We're going to wrangle this in here. Uh, that's a good idea. Yeah. I just want to say uh, thank you guys for tuning into the Tone Jerks podcast. Uh, I'm going to- Throw a little thing out there. If you guys want to help support the show, you can do so at patreon.com slash the tone jerks. And you should do it. Do like, it. Like legit as a semi-ish professional podcaster, the if you enjoy a program, throw them a dollar. It's only gonna cost you twelve dollars a year. That's you know, a cup of like a cup of coffee from Starbucks every three months. Yeah. But the feedback that it gives us as as the producers is immeasurable. Yeah, as like, like con- a dollar, a couple bucks. Like if you give five dollars, that's one cup of coffee a month. Yeah, as like content creators, it's really cool. So, um, you know, if you guys want to contribute, that's really cool. If you want to do so, at two dollars a month, we uh, put out an extra episode every week. You guys can listen to that. It's a lot of. Uh, you know, some cool shit, some drunken bullshit, some other stuff behind Hell the podcast, yeah. behind the scenes. Wait, do you need some behind the scenes for me still? We can do whatever, but, uh, <laughs> you know. Uh, I'm so sure you got a little more in you. I gotta, definitely do. I've, I've got half a beer here and oh, I'm still oh, hungry. I think, I think we're going to do that. So we got uh, some more shit to record and we want to give a shout out to our Patreon subscribers. Uh, we have uh, Co and Phil from... Cohen Phil. Jesus Christ. From Flippin' Flippers! Yeah. We got Cohen Paul from the Flippin' Flippers podcast. We have uh, Fat Foot Effects and we have RJ Smith. They're all our Patreon subscribers. And you guys can be just like them and be fucking cool. Be the cool kids. Um, and we will see you <laughs> next time. I think we're going to record that next episode right about now. We love you. All right. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.